the film series that won't die. Nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. Hello, and welcome back to the Amityville Podcast. I am Tom, and this is... Patrick. And yeah, this week we are going to be covering Amityville 1992, It's About Time. A.K.A. Curse of Amityville, colon, the final chapter. I love it when a horror movie franchise has a prematurely named final chapter. Mm -hmm. Like, Friday the 13th has both a final chapter, part four, and a final Friday, part nine, neither of which were accurate. Yeah. Um... This one is not just not the final chapter, it's the first of three movies in a row made by Republic Pictures uh, that went straight to video. Uh, These are the three that closed out the original Amityville run before the 2005 remake, um, which makes you think that we're further along in this podcast than we are, but this this (laughs) batch is going to put us at about the one-third mark. Yeah, and you can really tell, like, this, this has a lot of direct-to-video all over it. There's at least, like, I clocked about, like, three different direct-to-video regulars. Like, I think the main woman is Sean Weatherly. Uh, yep. Is, uh, is in Shadow Zone, which was, she was on, like, every other trailer for a direct-to-video thing mm-hmm. I saw. She was a Playboy Playmate, and yes. she was on The Adventures of Beans Baxter, a oh short-lived God. Fox series from Savage Steve Holland, uh, the creator of Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer and Eek the Cat. Nice. Yep. And also features one the actress from one of your absolute favorite movies ever, Megan Ward. Oh, well, a freaked fame. Absolutely. A freaked fame. Nice. And this, I believe this is after she had done her stint with... Uh, Full Moon Pictures, having mm-hmm. starred in a in like at least two trancers, and uh, she arcade. was in Arcade. Yep, so, uh, Arcade is something special, isn't it? Is that the one with Peter Billingsley? Yes, I've never like that one was always when I I used to collect a lot of uh, Full Moon video cassettes, mm-hmm. and that one when I would see the trailer, it's like oh Ralphie, I should check that one out, mm-hmm. and I didn't. Yeah, I actually rewatched it as part of the Mondo Baltimore film screening series uh, about two months ago. We oh, showed nice. it, and we showed it because Lawnmower Man Two uh, <laughs> had gone over so well with our crowd. We thought this would be in the same wheelhouse, and I guess it was. But yeah, it's not good. What? Uh, yeah. No. We are. Yeah. Are we talking about Arcade or Lawnmower Man 2? Well, neither, both, neither, really. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Neither of which, man. Trailer for Lawnmower Man 2. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, Megan Ward, probably best known to folks in our circles as Julie from Freaked. Um, probably her biggest hit was as the lesbian girlfriend in the Brady Bunch movie. Nice. Yep. Oh, she was the one trying to hook up with Marsha. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. She was. Or with Jen. She No, she was the girlfriend of that girl at the end of the movie. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, sorry. Fair enough, sorry fair, enough fair enough, Yep. Yeah, like, mm. tiny, tiny part, barely yeah. recognizable, but it is her, and... We, and we get to see her in other stuff, like yeah. this. So this one, this one is based on... Uh, 
the series of short stories titled the uh, titled Amityville: The Evil Escapes, which was two movies ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the evil the evil escapes, and apparently there's a whole book of short stories. The premise of all of which is you know the haunted garage sale. God, man, these might all tie directly into that made for TV The Evil Escapes. Like these could all be things that mm-hmm. were in that yard sale that we saw in the beginning of that movie. So that was basically the pilot episode. Episode of Friday the Thirteenth, the series, and now each movie is. But in is, New England, yeah, or in I'd say New York, no, Northern Jersey, Amityville, think, it's Northern Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Tom's yeah. River, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah, um, but having to collect all the cursed items or just let them get out there and do their thing. Yeah, um, and there is even I, as I was doing some research to see, we're sticking with chronological release order, mm-hmm. but we are going to note there is considered a separate canon of Amityville films that are. First item movies, and again, yeah, they they yeah. stem mostly from this book, although some here and there also stray from it. Yeah, so it's sort of like uh, your Night of the your, your uh, George Romero Dead series versus your Return of the Living Dead series. You mm-hmm. have a common origin, but then splinters, and you know rights issues and cashing in on names. Exactly, like any good horror movie. Yeah, and then the fact that the rights blew out—it's not just Romero versus Russo on yeah. those, but then you have anybody being able to use of the dead mm-hmm. uh, independent of them which has you know, gotten us some great results like Shaun of the Dead fantastic love, love that Shaun of the Dead uh, One Cut of the Dead One Cut of the Dead is delightful it is I it, it's not as well known in the U.S. It's on Shutter, but yeah. it is phenomenal. And Amazon Prime, I believe. Oh, excellent! A lot that I I, I want to say Amazon Prime in some way either owns Shutter or has some sort of uh, parallel licensing thing because most of yeah. them are on. If they're on Shutter, more than likely they're on Amazon Prime. Gotcha. I know except that, for a handful of exclusives, of course. Right. Uh, well, Shutter is owned by AMC. Okay. And so I know that they have combo packs where you can get an AMC subscription that will include Shutter for an add-on. Um, and AMC does put a lot of their stuff out through Amazon Prime um, and sometimes Netflix. Yeah. And sometimes Hulu. I think they just kind of carve out where they feel like. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of uh, great of the dead stuff. Yeah. Out there. But we're going to talk about Amityville because that's why you're tuning in. Mm-hmm. And so to talk about Amityville, this one is a clock. Uh, a, a cursed clock and the title being It's About Time. So I have Having already had a distraction, I'm going to throw another one out there. Can you think of any great horror movies that involve time manipulation specifically, either being like a real-time movie, such as like Nick of Time uh, with Johnny Depp, John Badham, or uh, or like Time Code, stuff like that, or horror movies that involve time travel? Like, there's thrillers, mm. absolutely. Sure. But an actual horror movie that involves time travel. Like, for the former, I can't even think of a horror movie that actually adheres to, like, a, like a within-the-movie countdown. You know, it's like, oh, we have to do this by X amount of time, and mm. then, like, the clock starts ticking in the movie, and then it never, like, there's, it's always five minutes equals 20 minutes. It's like every movie basically runs on professional football time, where, like, gotcha. 15 yeah minutes takes one and a half to two hours. Okay. Which is absurd. Time travel
Arrival and a horror movie. Yeah, I can't really think of any. There are some that are time travel more. movies that get a little bit dark. A little, like Happy Death Day to You. Has okay, that's a, a good time ha- manipulation. Has a good time time yeah. travel element to it. Well, like, have, both adi- the Happy Death Days. Well, but addition, the second one, the second one, in addition to the Groundhog Day gag, actually has actual uh, like time travel gags. Yeah, that one gets more sci-fi to it. Yeah, and as such, kind of reduces the horror element of it. Oh, most death. This but, is yeah the. The horror in Happy Death Day to You is more the horror of being stuck in the situation. Right. As opposed to being stuck in the situation. And there's a slasher with a creepy baby face running around trying to kill you. Right. Which was yeah. delightful. Time yeah. travel and horror. This should yeah. be, it should be it happening should be a thing. more. Yeah. Because, like, it, it, like it, it, you run into the issue of, like, how thin of a line is there between science fiction and horror. And so I'm trying to think of movies that have a distinctively scary uh, vibe to it as mm. opposed to a movie with time travel that has some frightening moments. Right. But like an actual scary... Well, like I might I might have more after the break. Yeah, it's something to think about and I mean, you can always write into our page or, you know, leave it in the comments or whatnot. Um, anybody who can think of any. The only real-time horror movie I could think of um, came out last year. It was film. It was created, filmed, and released during quarantine. Uh, was Host. Not the uh, not Korean the, film. Not the Korean film, but uh, this one also, I believe, is on Shudder okay. as an exclusive. Uh, it was some British filmmakers uh, got their cast together. They trained all of the actors to be able to set up the effects in their house hmm. and you know make sure that they could you know pull off all the different things, test the gags. But it's basically a Zoom call where hmm. a group of friends decide they're going to do a seance. Oh, I think I remember seeing yeah. the trailer for that. Or maybe it, I'm thinking of that Facebook, like, unfriended. I'm um, thinking of unfriended. There is there is unfriended and its mm-hmm. sequels. Um, host is the one that I've seen that absolutely delivers on the pre- premise. Mm-hmm. It is super fun. It doesn't break character. It's legitimately engaging. It gets legitimately creepy as hell. Um, it is a fun ride, and it has the ticking clock from the get-go. Fair like, enough. You know how long a Zoom call can last. That is the length of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Fair. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Ooh, so. I did think I did a triple feature one time, uh, Mobius Strip Horror. Those are three horror movies that have a time loop in them, where, spoiler alert, uh, the end of the movie is the middle of the movie. And so I don't know if we want to talk about those or if that fits what I you're mean, going for. It could. It's at least... Um, well, like, what are some examples? Like, Well, the three that I had for this were uh, The Attic Expeditions, um, the Tom Jane film Dark Country, mm-hmm. and uh, David Lynch's Lost Highway. Okay. That's what I'm thinking about, where it's just like the, 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 the story loops back in on itself temporally in addition to just kind of insanely. Gotcha. Like I, there is like a definite part where it's like, okay, something has gone in reverse and gotten our guy here. Gotcha. It'll be a whole separate conversation on Lost Highway. Um, I have my own take on it, but I don't believe that there was anything out of order in that. Um, there, there was some surrealism and some, you know, some very weird shit going on, but this I don't will, feel like it went out. Conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, 
But yeah, it's just I'll, I'll so rare to think it. about. Yeah, like there should be more time travel yeah. in horror movies. There's like, time travel rom coms. There's yep. time travel comedies. There's time yep. travel. Like it's been used in most genres, and same with real time. But for some reason, Why? horror hasn't gotten either of them uh, to any notable degree. Like I said, the Philadelphia Experiment. Philadelphia, like yeah, I know it's time a, travel. Yeah, horror uh, elements. I, it's like I know it probably technically fits more in sci-fi, but I saw it when I was eight, and when the guy zaps out of existence, nothing has scared me worse. This is true. Um, Terminator was originally billed as more of a horror than a sci-fi. True. Uh, second one is action sci-fi. Oh, God, yeah. But, the, yeah, the first Terminator, I would say, is yeah. time travel horror. I mean, it just the horror of the future is coming to attack you for things you right. haven't even done. That's and terrifying. It's unstoppable killing machine. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. That just involves time travel and uh, and robots. Yeah, yeah. None of which has anything to do with Amityville. It's about time. Which, Patrick, it's about time we watch the movie. Fine, fine. All right, we'll be back I, after I, the break. I am with a genius. I am a genius, <laughs> and you never recognize this. I do it all fair. <laughs> All right, we'll be back once we have something to talk about about this one. Okay, we finished the movie, Amityville, 1992. It's about time, and it is. It is about a clock. There is some timey-wimey, Jeremy-Baramy kind of things. Wibbly-wobbly. Um, not, a, not, not a lot of time travel, per se. There's a reset. Yeah. but Which, oh, also, spoilers for the movie that you should have been watching along with us on Tubi. Which we didn't mention. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this one, good quality on Tubi. Uh, good picture quality, accurate subtitles. Um, so yeah, good there. So we open the movie. There is a storm a-brewing in a very nice... California town. Looks like suburbs of L.A. Yep, a little bit of... uh, There's a lot of heavy poltergeist uh, vibes and or references, so we see, like, a big sign announcing phase two of the neighborhood has begun. Mm Mm-hmm. As there is a storm of brewing in practical effects and matte paintings and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, there was a good um, whole lot of movie storm. Uh, also through the like the weather through the movie, there are leaves flying everywhere. Yes, like. If you watch Legend, all the shit in the air through that movie, mm-hmm. I think they were trying to accomplish that on a much smaller budget, because there were even places where I'm pretty sure you might have been able to see somebody's hand as they're throwing a bunch of leaves in front of a fan around a corner, just like... I told yeah. you to wear your brown gloves when you're throwing the leaves on mm-hmm. screen. But And they're just bursts of leaves, like somebody's yeah. got a leaf cannon. Yeah. It's almost as if, like, you know, it's like the cat jump scares. It's just like, how's the cat always there? How are the leaves already here? Yeah, and we even see... Or the, um... <laughs> the big, that great line in Batman Returns. How come there's always somebody that brings a fr- lettuce and tomatoes to a speech? <laughs> yeah. Well, in this case, yeah, we get... We get blowing leaves. We even have a guy running a leaf blower in the middle of the movie. Um, yes, we do. Yeah, we'll get we'll get around to all that. 
Um, Trust us, the movie is a lot more interesting than we're making it out. For some reason, we're hung up on the leaves right it now. Just, I wanted to set the tone <laughs> so you get a sense of the atmosphere. Leaves blowing when they're outside. There's paint drying like you wouldn't believe in this movie. Wait till you and see there it. There is, because the house... <laughs> The house looks like a set, and it is a set, but... But it looks like a set. Yeah, like more like a local theater production set Yeah, than... These are flats, pretending yeah. to be a house. Like, the unfurnished uh, model home in Arrested Development yeah. is more cinematic. It is. And what, what's fun is that our main character, or the, the patriarch of the family, Jacob, played by uh, Stephen Macht of Monster Squad fame... Uh, he is a uh, neighborhood designer. Uh, he has an architectural background, so clearly he has designed this house. And I really kind of liked it how ugly the ha- the interior was designed. Like it very much evokes. This is a guy in the early nine, late eighties, early nineties, designing a you know modern interior house. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like black railings, metal everywhere, like see-through glass tables, and just this marbleized, ugly-ass wallpaper that yeah. all just screams. I am a single father, and I ha- and yes, I do have an architectural background. Yeah, the walls are all painted in a style that's. Yeah, it looks like if marble was more bluish purple. It's like you beat the marble up. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. bruised. Bruised marble. It's bruised so. marble. <laughs> now I want to see if that is an option if you go to like Home oh Depot. Uh, can I get something in bruised marble for my uh, den? Yes. yes. You don't want to know how we get it. Mm-hmm. You don't know where. You don't want to know where we get it, or more importantly, how we get it. But we can get it. Mm-hmm. We don't ask you why you need it. You don't ask us how we do it. Exactly. Exactly. And so this architect, this Mike Brady of the Amityville, yes, Amityverse. Jacob comes home and he's got a clock. A clock, which I, I, I was a little bummed. I was hoping, like at first, I thought like continuity was going to be maintained with uh, the the number four, the Evil Escapes, where all these things are coming from the yard sale. He specifically says that uh, he got it from uh, one of the houses they tore down. So it's not like he bought it from a neighborhood. It's like it was mm-hmm. like they were trashing the house, and so he grabbed it. But he grabs this clock, and by the way, that implies. That that's the animal Amityville house that was yeah. torn down. Yeah, they tore after down. having been blown up three times. Yeah, we know it's back. Yeah, um, and now they've torn it down again. Again, or so. they've officially torn it down. It exploded at number three. It is uh, inexplicably back in number four, mm-hmm. but was being emptied, and now it has been officially in the movies torn down. Like by people instead of it just imploding on itself. Right. So the house, the famous Amityville house, has an off screen death between movies. This house is no more. So he brings this clock home. Um, it's kind of a nice looking clock. Yeah, it's, it's antique Yeah. It's like I was on the East Coast. They're on the West Coast. Once again, the uh, it's not just that the thing has moved out of the house. It has moved all the way to the West Coast, which I feel 
like there's got to be some sort of parapsychology study or, uh, or of study of occult activity that this would be amazing proof of because the curse is traveling across the entire country. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be this thing. Yeah, like piece by piece, it's picking itself up and heading west. Yes, it's manifest destiny. It's going to, there's, there's gold in them there hills. And by gold, we mean unsuspecting white people. Yep. Um, this week, nobody got a good deal on a house, but they did get the good deal on... Well, I guess he probably got a good deal on the house, but it was because he designed it. But the house itself yeah, got cursed. Yeah, yeah. He, Initially. Uh, Jacob designed... Uh, it's revealed later Jacob designed the, uh, the neighborhood that he and his family, consisting of a teenage sister and brother and occasional... Uh, helper slash ex-girlfriend Andrea played by Sean Weatherly who she was just great yeah she was legitimately good throughout the whole movie completely committed to the role believable in all of her dialogue yeah Um, and she looked like I loved her outfits throughout the whole thing she had like great hair and like good early 90s like there were some vests thrown Mm -hmm. in there but they looked right and uh, she also like I, I did look it up there's an 18 year difference between Stephen Macht and uh, Sean Weatherly, but they never looked wrong together. Like she right. never they looked, looked like, a, like a trophy girlfriend or something like that. Yeah, uh, the kid's mother, the kid's birth mother, uh, is dead because this is secretly a direct-to-video Disney film. Yeah, <laughs> and you can't have a happy parent couple in one. No, 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 not since Sleeping Beauty. Um. So yeah, she has. We he gets home with this clock. The nice lady, Miss Iris, uh, in the neighborhood, is watching as he shows up. The cab pulls up. He gets out with a giant box. Lightning striking. She has the evil. Yeah, she knows. She she has a knows. vision of the original Amityville house. It was kind of it, that. I thought that bit was pretty effective. Where like she she sees Jacob go into the house with the clock and. Uh, she starts getting the bad vibes, and then they superimpose, they keep cutting to a superposition of uh, the Amityville house and this new house, mm-hmm. and they, it even kind of lines up the like glowing window eyes and everything, mm-hmm. maintaining the motif, which, like, all throughout this movie, there's a lo- uh, clearly a lot more effort than at least I was expecting to be put into this movie in terms of visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, visual callbacks to some of the earlier stuff, but still doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, some good, if you know, uh, practical effects work, um, which KNB uh, did the practical effects. Yep, those are and the Walking some, Dead guys. Yep, some good and gooey. Yeah. Like, honestly, this movie, the only thing really holding back this movie is that there's no plot. Right. There's just a series of seemingly unconnected events. And by events, I mean just the clock is messing with everybody. But there's, like, really no narrative drive to, yeah. like, we figure, we're we figuring out what's going on. Half of the time, they don't even seem to be notice what's going on. Yeah, the, car- uh, the son sees things going on and is blamed for everything. It's a very Buttons and Mindy kind of situation. Um, he's seeing all of the evil as it's starting to happen trying to tell people about it but only Miss Iris believes it yeah. uh, because she was there when they pulled up and recognized and 
the feeling of the original Amityville house as the neighborhood expert on the Amityville horror or something. And local busybody. And local busybody. And generally a studier of the occult and the macabre. Apparently. Like, it's kind of weird. The, um, she is like, she served, Patrick noted that she served the, the function of the priest in the earlier films, but it also, like, it's weird seeing the uh, older witch-like historian character, but on the West Coast. Yeah. Like, there's, like, like you don't necessarily need, like, the New England accent to sell it or anything, but it's just, there, like, there's a more macabre vibe to East Coast locations and everything, and so yeah. it's just like, oh, she's got, like, this nice rancher style uh, mm-hmm. house in this neighborhood and also all of these tomes of ancient lore. <laughs> and some of which, in, uh, two of which, which she knew exactly where they were. Um, one of them includes stories about the Amityville house. She pulls them out. We see it very clearly, but she's flipping through and there's a picture from inside the Amityville house where you see the clock and she continues to research based on a vision that uh, the son had where when they when the clock first gets into the house he goes to the one li- to the living room I guess yes the room with the fireplace she's going he's going to the living room to get the phone book and then they do a pretty good in-camera gag mm-hmm. he goes to get the phone book and then comes oh no that's that's a different time jump he, there's a part oh yeah first yeah. he does the lights there's the light switch yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 so okay so later yeah he leaves the room from dinner goes to get something comes back and he's been gone all night yeah but it's all a single take in camera gag but earlier he goes to the room with the fireplace so therefore the mantle that the clock has drilled itself into by the way it, when they put it on the mantle it literally spouts out drills yeah. and then buckles itself down into the house it kind of opens itself up with a sort of like Hellraiser box-esque and or like Phantasm Ball uh, mechanics Mm -hmm. and, you know, is coming alive and is clearly evil. And brassy. Like, this is a, like, there's like a steampunk person is watching this movie and going, yeah. I want that. This this is what I want. This is what I want my house to be. (laughs) So, now that the clock is properly mounted on the mantle, um, oh, he, it mounted the mantle. <laughs> sounds way more dirty than I expected. Yeah, that was intentional. <laughs> I, I, I was making a dirty joke. Fair, fair. <laughs> so he um, he goes to turn the light on in that room or off or one or the other, but he flicks yeah. a switch, and the room instead changes right in front of him to an ancient or well a, a 15th room. century yeah, torture 15th, room yeah with like 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 your like your old like your ancestors used to have mm-hmm. and he flicks the switch a couple times and says weird or something of that effect but isn't like it keeps going completely back and terrified. forth at, yeah. yeah he flicks it flicks the light switch a couple times and it flips back and forth and yeah apparently this is just Tuesday yeah a very underwhelming response when he recounts the he, he is a disaffected team. Though. This is true. He you listens. can tell by the one dangly earring that he's got. Mm-hmm. And his anarchy sticker in his room that's not quite the anarchy logo in case
least that we're worried about copyright infringement on yep. the Anarchy logo. I remember in middle school, one of the funniest things I'd ever saw, seen was a kid had an Anarchy patch on his uh, backpack, and it very clearly had a trademark sign on it. That's amazing. I don't. I don't think anybody involved in the production, all the way to the kid buying it, understood the the, the humor of that. One person did, and that's the person who put it on there. That's fair. They did it like, oh, we're selling anarchy patches. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna go ahead True. and tag it. Trademark and copyright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see you explain that one. Yeah. Also, he has an adorable dragon guitar. Like the body of the guitar is in the shape of a dragon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I don't think the neck was like the neck of the dragon. You should look it up. Yeah. It's pretty boss. It's a neat dragon guitar. He likes to sit around his room playing. Not plugged uh, into anything. Not plugged into an amp. And and not wearing headphones, he's just strumming an yeah. unpowered yeah. electrical guitar. Like um, sometimes he'll have headphones, but yeah. when we at, first see him, new at the very least, the headphones aren't talking to him. Yeah, as in uh, as what happened in number two. Nor are the headphones talking to him. You know, without it being plugged into anything either. Right, and he's not wearing the headphones, so they might have been trying to whisper to him, and he just mm-hmm. wasn't wearing them, and so the house got frustrated. I can. I would love like. Wouldn't it be fun if there was like some sort of reference or just a reaction of the house, like being annoyed with the West Coast people not being as readily scared of everything? Yeah, because they're all all from LA. We're all Vals. What does it matter? Yeah, we've got you know, we've got mudslides, we've got fires, we've got earthquakes. Oh, your house is a little creepy. I mean, it's 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 grody, but I mean not grody to the max. Exactly. So, he, yeah, he starts picking up the things that are wrong. Um, the rest of the family, not so much picking up on it. And then we get the dog attack. So, Dad goes out for a jog. And he jogs past an entire neighborhood full of incredibly friendly people waving to him. Everyone's leaving for work at the same time, kissing each other goodbye. And, like, it is, like, it's Edward Scissorhands type suburbia. Yes. And almost none of these people will return. Not in any real functional way. Except for a woman who has her dog Peaches. Peaches. Who we've established is a neighborhood dog that they know. Yes. uh, Because Rusty feeds him Pop Tarts. Mm hmm. And uh, Peaches sneaks into the house and growls at the clock at one point. So now, Dad's out jogging. The clock understands me. (laughs) Rich smelling me to real right. So the dad goes on his jog and gets to the end of a long path through a rock quarry or something, but he hits yeah. a fence, turns around, and there's Mrs. the lady. Tedman. Yep. And Peaches. And Peaches just goes for it. Chopper sick balls. Dude, this the dog. The, the dog is a uh, German Shepherd, and it attacks. Uh, Jacob for five minutes straight of like full on chomping the hell out of this guy's leg in like two different spots, chopping on his arms. It gets to the point where, and this is for all you people who cannot deal with uh, uh, violence to the animals, uh, the dog is, there's two incidents of violence towards the dog. The first one is when Jacob is fighting back, and my God, it is deserved. Yeah. This dog is trying to kill him, and mm-hmm. he is just, oof, 
the wounds yeah. that are inflicted on Jacob. I mean, just at the beginning level of just being bit are disgusting. And then he doesn't take care of them, and he just gets more separating and pussy Mm -hmm. and just disgusting throughout the whole thing. But man, that was bad. He just like, and Jacob is like trying to climb the fence Mm -hmm. and get it, like, he he, he, pulled down. He winds up breaking a bottle over the dog's snout and then jabbing the dog in the side of the face. Yep. Um, This is important because uh-huh. he apparently walked home yeah from this like Despite we cut to him in the hospital gaping wounds yeah like we see him in the hospital and we see him when he's brought home and when he's resting in bed and just like the seeping bandages and how nasty these wounds are and continue to get but we are told that he walked home from this incident which also means he would have probably seen her and the dog leave as well yeah but whatever he's he's a little out of it from dog attack um, and blood loss. Yeah. So. But sent home on the same day because the American healthcare system. Yep. So uh, the son goes over with the. Uh, Andrea. Andrea, the father's friend. And uh, more than a friend, they have a love scene. Um, the first love scene, we think, in the yeah. series that's on camera. Yeah, there was. Some, like, in the first one, Margot Kidder and James Brolin have, like, an intimate moment that the house kind of puts the kibosh on. Mm-hmm. But nope, uh, this is the first like horror movie sex scene. Yep, like yeah, and her it's on awesome. top just going. And for it's it. just awesome. Oh, I'm gonna be honest. I like I, I like horror movies and horror movie tropes, and this is a good one. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> honestly, it looks like um, a lot of your standard Skinamax sex scenes yeah. where there's candlelight, there's um, wind blowing, wind all blowing all the uh, the drapes and everything. Yeah, there's semi-transparent yeah. silks hanging yeah. on the corners yeah. of the bed, so you drift past them to see her atop. And a former Playboy playmate. Yep. So That's and. Awesome. Usually we expect Shannon Tweed to be in that spot. But Indeed. Yeah, now we get Sean Weatherly, uh, who yeah. again is just overall a better actress. This fulfills um, our creep quotient of the uh, podcast until we get to Megan Ward's dramatic transformation towards the end. That's a something. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so she's more than a friend, but yep. she's now pretty much obligated to trying to help out the kids and him, even though he's starting to act like an ass and she's remembering why they broke up years ago. Annie Anyway. And she has a life outside of this. She was there to watch the kids while he was on the on the East Coast. But she is a graduate student working on her th- working on her uh, doctoral program and has a new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so she does not want to be here and has legitimate reasons to not be be there. So yeah. like again, really like the Andrea character, very well fleshed out throughout mm-hmm. the film. No pun intended. Yeah. Um. So they, her and the son go over to check on the dog, yeah, um, and just you know get a statement or whatnot. Or and something. check for ra- they're checking for they're checking, checking for rabies, sure right? They're checking to see about rabies shots. Yeah, and the dog is fine, and she the woman says the dog hasn't left the house all day, nor has she, and the dog shows up and is fine, it has no yeah. signs of a cut or anything like that. No. And so we think, well, the dog must be fine then. And then later that night, while the son is off doing his own thing, the woman finds her dog in her pool filter. Yeah. Like, all you see is the head. 
Like, again, if, if you have issues with it, uh, violence towards animals, there are two parts you should really skip. Uh-huh. Uh, this, it, 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 is, it is surprising and gross. Yeah. But, yeah, so um, Peaches it has been canned. Yep. Ah. I hate, and I hate <laughs> you so much. Why do you do this? Why do you choose to be this? Eh. <laughs> do what I gotta do. And then there's a swastika. Yeah. <laughs> We, 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 we get the dark thing, and then um, we cut to the next day. <laughs> the one neighbor has a swastika painted on their garage. A bright red, like, on the entire garage door. Mm-hmm. It is enormous. And everybody... Uh, the police are there, and everybody are surrounding the police are immediately pointing to uh, their, uh, to uh, the, the Sterling metalhead the Sterling family. Yeah. The, the Sterling house and the metalhead Rusty's... Uh, um, and it's a really fun shot. Like, Andrea's getting the paper. She looks over and is like, bam Swastika. And then all of a sudden, everybody is pointing at her and is like, oh. It's like, oh. No, wait, what? Why? <laughs> this? Oh, this is bad. <laughs> so, yeah. They, everyone thinks that Rusty did it because the house is trying to make Rusty look guilty for everything. I'm not sure exactly why they all thought Rusty would do it, except Metalhead. Yeah. And, like, oh, he wears black. I mean, 92, you know. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, uh, like, Tipper Gore, congressional hearing type of logic. Yeah. Parental guidance is suggested. So... Um, so the cops go in and are trying to find out what's going on about the dog, about the swastika, all that. One of the cops, I swear to God, looks like an amalgam of Proctor and Tuckleberry from insane. the Police Academy films. Yeah. But it's neither. We stopped much to the movie's, uh, you know, detriment. Um, Jacob is not handling his wounds well. He's not handling his frustration with the project, which he was told to, like, he was, it was suggested to him that he bring the clock home as inspiration for the new uh, housing development to give it a timeless look. There's a lot of forced time metaphors. Like, if you've watched any of the Fast and the Furious movies, imagine any driving metaphor from the Fast and the Furious, but with a clock. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a lot of good shots of him going nuts in his uh, office, where he's just repeatedly drawing the Amityville house Mm -hmm. with no explanation or reaction. Because none of the people... That's one of the fun things. None of the people, Andrea or anybody, knows about the Amityville house. Right. And yet, this imagery keeps popping up. Yeah, they're all subconsciously aware of the evil that has joined them. Uh, Some of his drafts look like actual architectural drafts. Some of them look more fridge-ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's but, he's letting his muse take him take him where it needs to yeah. go. And he's definitely slipping. Oh yeah. This uh, it was a nice return of the uh, the house or the possessed object in lieu of the house driving a character insane again. Like mm-hmm. we hadn't really seen that since the fourth one, or it, it wasn't in the fifth one. I guess. Yeah. Thing. Or really the third one. It wasn't really. Nobody really gets driven yeah. nuts in the third one. Yeah, I, I mean it's a hit the, and miss of the French. Well, the, yeah, but yeah, but it's a strong thing in the number one and number two, and then in number four, the evil escapes. The daughter is being driven insane. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, it was a yeah. central thing about the original. And this one is, is he going insane or possessed? But I think, I feel like that's part of the question on each of these anyway. True. And this one has a lot of explanations for why it is not necessarily demonic possession. Because he's got, like, the infection. He's on painkillers. They said the antibiotics are going to give him a lot of uh, mm-hmm. side effects. So it's any number they of things. Dump two days worth of Thorazine in him at one point. Yep. Um, or, but... Or it's demonic possession. <laughs> right. So, and we know other weird evil Obviously. shit's going on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, at this point, he his leg is getting nasty, and just, Andrea doesn't necessarily want to leave the house, so no. Lenny, or Leonard, so she brings boyfriend, the right? boyfriend over. He comes over to do a, um, a little picnic. He brought over Laotian food. Yeah. Um, they do a picnic out back where he is speaking completely rationally about the situation. He is a psychiatrist. Yeah, and he is explaining that this is a bad old relationship that she is still being manipulated by. There's a reason she got out of the relationship. She can't be drawn in to protect the kids when that means she's going to be trapped into this relationship. Like, he's making very intelligent, yeah. salient points. Yeah. But he comes off as a very, as you put he's out, Ellis, from, yeah, Ellis yeah. from Die Hard yeah. level douche. So it's like, great. I don't want to listen to this douche no matter how right he is. But he's right about everything. He's completely right. She's got to get out of this relate. Like, even if, like, factoring out the uh, supernatural elements of this just on paper, none of this is a healthy situation for you. No, not don't even be really. here anymore. But before she gets a chance to rebut... Uh, the house or the hedge next to the house yeah. catches fire. Yeah, but um, luckily, Walter Paisley, played by Dick Miller, is there to save it. Mm-hmm. Now, Walter Paisley had relocated and was uh, under the assumed name of uh, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, but we know who he D- is. Yeah, don't 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 trust the movie credits. The movie credits don't know. They will list Dick Miller as yeah. as Mr. Anderson, but that's it's Walter Paisley. Yeah, he has played Walter Paisley and Mr. Futterman, and that's mm-hmm. about it. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's Walter Pace. Um, So, yeah, they get the fire out. We get our nice Dick Miller cameo. Yeah. And um, And then we get a really terrifying sequence with Leonard in the kitchen. After uh, post-coital fun with uh, Andrea and Leonard, Leonard goes down for a midnight snack, and the house starts messing with him and gives him a vision of a seemingly uh, completely healthy Jacob mm-hmm. talking to him about, you know, what are your intentions with Andrea? What have my you with Andrea? Andrea my says, Andrea. Are you going to sleep with my Andrea? And um, you have to imagine, like, the whole time Leonard is wearing Andrea's uh, dressing gown. Yeah. Throughout this really, uh, like, uh, jade green satin uh, number, which mm-hmm. it's real. I, I thought it was adorable that he's wearing her, uh, her, uh, like, it looked comfortable. It did look comfortable, and it was just kind of cute. Yeah. And um, there's, like, this great moment where uh, Jacob, the, fa- the the patriarch, is uh, really ratcheting up the creepiness, but the camera is just on Leonard, and Leonard immediately looks terrible 
terrified and just like heretofore like much much more scared than he was and then it like the camera reveals that Jacob has pulled a Walter PPK out uh-huh. and the letter is played by an actor named uh, Jonathan Penner and I just thought Jonathan Penner really just was incredible in that scene just he made me scared for mm-hmm. him like he actually brought tension to the moment yeah I mean Steve Locke was great. Jake, yeah, and he was giving the, the creepy performance, yeah. but like we get a lot of those in this. But actually, watching somebody be convincingly scared, yes, because um, he's already weirded out. The microwave starts slowing down its mm-hmm. timer. Yeah, uh, the, the fan. ceiling fan slows down, and yeah. then here's Jacob aiming a gun at him. Not only asking, "What are you doing with Andrea? You already fucked her, didn't you? Yeah. I know you did." What is my daughter next? Yeah. And every, like, you see Leonard try, like, in real time, trying to figure out what can I say to make this guy not shoot me in the face and knowing that there is nothing Uh you can say to this guy. He's going to shoot me if I admit to the truth. He's going to shoot me if he thinks I'm a liar. He's going to, this fucking sucks. And then Jacob just pulls the trigger and. Leonard wakes. Uh, Leonard comes to jump, screams, yeah. and Andrea puts her hand on his shoulder. He is freaked all, out. It was all an illusion. Tricks are what whores do for money. I know. I know. It's, it's like yeah. a robot. You can't get. Yeah. You have to hear the other yeah. one. <laughs> so now this is the first. Like the teenage daughter had been. You know. I mean, Megan Ward. Megan Ward. Um, she's been very sweet and innocent, but now she's now upstairs while this is all going now on. It's her turn. She's just kind of looking like in a very long fro- like you know nightgown. Frumpy. Uh, yeah, frumpy nightgown. Looking at herself in the mirror, and goes over and just kind of starts making faces. And anyone who's seen an Evil Dead movie. Yep. Is knows what happens next, but she, well, to a degree, because she starts looking at herself. Then the reflection starts moving yep. differently, and it's out of sync. And besides running away, she's fascinated. She's brought into it. She has been exploring herself as she looks in the mirror, and she's been kind of teasing herself in the mirror. Yeah. And then she leans out of the mirror and starts yeah. feeling her up. Then her mirror, and then her mirror self moves out of the mirror and starts feeling up the real person mm-hmm. and moves chest down um, uh-huh. and yeah she it uh, yep she mirror masturbation yep she 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 takes care of business herself um, and well, she then, had some helping hands yes <laughs> but and then comes to and is not quite sure what's going on but she, she's changed she is excited yeah, the next time we see her, oh, she no. is dressed <laughs> like somebody who has never been to a mall. <laughs> Their idea of what a mall slut would look like. Yep. Like, it's especially around, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Um, she's got the super short mini skirt. Midriff showing. Midriff showing. Hair is teased hair. in every direction. Oh, my God. Her but hair looks not, like a tsunami. It's so bad. And giant fire engine red lipstick. Mm, Yep. Yeah. She has definitely gone through a metamorphosis. Yeah. Um, She's much, you know, peppier. She's much more flirty. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's bedtime. And that's yeah. how she lures Andy to his gooey, gooey death. Yeah, Andy did not expect to go goo that night that way. A- Andy is her uh, purported boyfriend, or love mm-hmm. interest at least. Yeah, uh, like new boyfriend, but like, yeah. and the scene where she's saying, hey, let's, you know, let's hook up in mm-hmm. his car. His dialogue implies everything of... <laughs> You keep telling me to wait. Are you just telling me that again? She's like, no, no, no. We're going to make a game of it. We're going to play Hansel and Gretel. And so he closes his eyes for 10 seconds while she leaves a trail of, air quote, breadcrumbs. Uh, Her clothes leading from the car around to the house, into the house, into the room with the train garden that the father had been making in the basement. Yep. Because trains. Yeah. We would have mentioned it earlier, but it literally doesn't matter. I completely forgotten about it. And there, uh, amidst the train garden, she's wearing his Leatherman... Or, no, she asked for his Leatherman jacket. Yeah. Um, she's just wearing her bra and granny panties. Yeah. Uh, reminding you that while she did this metamorphosis, she didn't actually go out and shop for new clothes yet. She needs to get new clothes. Yeah. She has Andy stripped down to his briefs, and man... I gotta tell you, Lisa made the wrong choice here. Andy, Andy looked like he was gonna be a good time. Yeah, that's the, all I'm gonna say. I'll just say the underwear was brief, but the underwear it does not was brief. Look like the rest of no, was. No, no, he filled out that underwear pretty great. Mm-hmm. But then he gets subsumed into a, pile, a puddle of black goo. There's a lot of black goo in this. There's room. a lot of black goo. Gets sucked and into it. And this turned scene, into goo himself. He just yeah. He gets melted. It's kind of like the raft and creep show, creep show yeah. too. Yeah, but like not as great. It mm-hmm. just like this scene. If they had shaved like thirty to forty-five seconds off of it, it yeah. would have been a lot tighter and scarier. But it just it keeps cutting in between her enjoying him dying and him like writhing in agony and like there's like one too many rounds of it and it's mm-hmm. like okay it's like yes are we cool doing this effects, or what? you paid for all this but. Yeah, we don't have to linger this long. Yeah, yeah, Um, and yeah, the black goo that has been through the movie and continues to when she finishes herself in front of the mirror, black goo runs down the mirror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, At one point, when they're trying to escape the house, the doorknob comes (laughs) off and goo shoots out of the empty part or the yeah, like the 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 stem part of the doorknob, not from the door, but the doorknob in her hand. It is a pretty good gag. Yeah, but yeah, black goo kind of just shoots out of everything here. even shoots out of Jacob's wound at one point, which yeah. was just awful. But meanwhile, uh, Rusty is trying to get more information from the local Bruja, uh, Iris. And uh, after she gives him the info about... <laughs> first, she realizes that the, ha- the, the, the torture room that he had seen earlier was actually this 15th century French torture room mm-hmm. uh, in which was the clock. And somehow the clock emigrated to the Amityville house. And so that's how all of this connects up. But the most important thing about this sequence is that after Rusty leaves the house, Iris goes out to out the front to just kind of take in the air and try to like figure out what is going on. Yeah. And in leaves the are blowing, including a guy with an actual leaf blower yeah. for once. But yes, in the background, in the background, there is no less than five toilets on the curb apparently waiting to be taken away there's like every house on the street 
has a toilet sitting by the mailbox, like as if this is where you would put the garbage can. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are garbage days, there's recycling days, there's bulk pickup days. Is there a porcelain toilet day maybe in this in neighborhood? This, maybe the fixer-up nature of the, of the neighborhood, maybe that's why the dad had to move there is because there are house problems. And so everyone's setting out their old toilet. If your toilet breaks, you set it out and then we'll come by and replace it? How are they all replacing them at the same time? There are five of them. It might have been a consistent bad batch. Jesus. There might have been a recall notice through the neighborhood. We're sorry about your toilets. We know black goo has been coming out of houses in this neighborhood. Um, So maybe check for possessions, but also go ahead and set your toilet out and... We'll worry about the goo coming out of bathtubs next week. Yeah. But yeah, literally like... Like, there's two right next door to each other. The house across the street has a toilet at the curb. Every time the camera angle changes, there's a a new toilet in the street. Yeah, like revealing another (laughs) one from another angle while you're doing it. So we were fascinated by the toilets when we we barely noticed, except they cut in, um, that the house has once again taken agency. This is an evil that knows how to drive. The The house is driving cars again. Every time. Yeah. It's so good. The only one that doesn't have this gag is number two. Mm-hmm. It still stands. <laughs> it still stands. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, a neighbor had been getting diapers delivered, which I guess was a thing, but, I mean, now we're used still to Still in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. Like, it's still weird, like, in the late, in the mid-80s in movies where you see milk being delivered. Yeah. You're like, yeah. for real? Milk but, like, or a diaper service <laughs> seemed diaper. like... Yeah. Yeah. And there is a very big stork mascot on top of the van mm-hmm. with a very pointy beak. Yeah, kind of a springy one like when you see like in a movie the exterminator it, it, with the bug on top. Yeah. Like that kind of. Yeah, and honestly I thought like a little bit they were going for like that water feeder bird gag. Yeah, where it just yeah. Kept, because of like the pendulum because it just kept going so much. So there's um, the the van it's you know pops out uh, uh, pops out of park yeah. and starts drifting down the street um, while the guy you know is talking to the woman getting the diapers uh, meanwhile Iris's cane gets jammed into some goo leaking yep. out of some cracks more in the, goo yeah in the street she can't pull it out she's calling for help calling for help until finally she just leans to the side so that she gets out of the way crawls and the van manages to take out um Mailbox? Uh, not a mailbox, but like a brick. Um, oh, like a driveway. Yeah, like driveway post yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and smashes into it. Oh, sweet relief. It missed her. Mm. And then she looks up and sees the bird pecking back and <laughs> forth, back and forth. Had it been once or twice, it might have been quick and shocking. Yeah. As it stands, it once was still again, fun. It, it still felt like, once again, it's just like if you would tighten it up just a little bit, it would be more effective. But the beak impales Iris and since like this all happened in front of several witnesses seeing the car drive itself and the uh, mascot apropos of nothing falling off and sta- impaling Iris obviously the police arrest Rusty yeah uh, Rusty had just gone Rusty had just come out from inside the house he had gone in the back and found all of the notes basically found the two books open yeah. one with a picture of the clock 
at the original Amity House, one with the picture of the clock, and the torture basement. Yep. Puts everything together. Doesn't really do much reading on it. I guess it's implied maybe he did. He's but, a speed reader. He's, yeah. he's really brainy, that Rusty. So he, like, he now knows that this evil is based in the clock because... Um, Iris had known Amityville when, mm-hmm. like, he mentioned it by name incorrectly. Yeah. She's aware of the Amityville curse. She knew what guy to look up to look into the, like, when he describes the torture room. Like, somehow she pieced all of it together on the correct guess the first time through on both. And, you know, very easy mystery to solve. It's kind of the, is it the NCIS problem of, like, your first guess is right. Yeah. It's like, look, we got to end this movie at some point. Let's right. Because, like, again, it's weird. There's no narrative drive. Like, the things keep happening. Things keep getting worse. So there's, like, a ratcheting up of tension. But none of our characters are really putting anything together or noticing mm. a pattern. They're or not motivated by anything. They're no. not... They don't have any goals. They don't have... They know it sucks. They, they don't just, want to be in the situation, but yeah. they, they're not doing anything. They're... I, I mean, except for Andrea, most of the characters are just kind of living amid shit going wrong and saying, by the yeah. way, you know that, like, there's some evil, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, the father's leg has now turned full on grotesque, like giant pussy bubbling it's, boils. It, yeah, it's pulsating It's leaking blood and black goo. Ugh. Um, Lenny, the boyfriend, <laughs> is taking a bath, and that fills with black goo, and then Obviously. he's trapped in the room. Yeah. Um, like, they, you know, they they wind up tying the, uh, Jacob down and pumping him again with two days' worth of Thorazine. This is after he attacked Andrea with a phone. Right, yes. Yeah. Uh, because she was trying to call a hospital because, because of the leg. <laughs> so instead of just saying, okay... Let's drive him to the hospital because the phone went dead, apparently. Yeah, after they called in the the ambulance, which is not showing up. Right. Um, so they pump him with Thorazine. They don't don't worry, him folks. For two days. The, lot, the sequence of events in this movie is tight as a drum. Mm-hmm. Everything is explained. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that we don't remember or are not presenting these in the right order affects none of it. No, no. We could have. We'll, we'll get to why. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the dad, who is not only, you know, knocked out like Dana Barrett, but um, hogtied hey, with gave, gauze and bed sheets. Venkman gave her Thorazine as well. Yeah. We know, like, nobody ever, like, makes a big deal out of the fact that Venkman just had Thorazine on him. Uh-huh. Because he's a creep. Yeah. So, the dad wakes up. Uh, Lenny has a freak out in the bathtub. Um, in his defense, he opened his eyes to be covered in black ooze. Uh-huh. And then Andy pops out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, Andy, who had been gooified, yeah. comes out of it. And this is 92, so this is before the Black Goo had become a real X-Files thing, so he yeah. didn't know what to do with it. No, this was like straight-up Swamp Thing coming in through the pipes and the return uh, of Swamp right, Thing. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Which, yeah, that came out before this. Yeah. yeah. And, every, and like, you like you guys at home, everybody has seen Return of the Swamp Thing, right? Well, I mean, I can't it's imagine... Heather Locklear. Yeah. I can't imagine an Amityville <laughs> podcast wouldn't have some crossover with a Jim Wynorski fan club. Ah, uh, so. Jim Wynorski. 
Alright, so Lenny freaks out and then uh, they discover that the father has been making <laughs> models of a new development loaded with Amityville houses, including yep. one of them has gravestones with all of their names on it, and there's a body hanging outside the window in a I did it for you Damien kind of way. Yep. I, I, I think they should be worried. Yes, point. this and is. they are. Yeah. This is. No coordinated plan to get out of the house, though. Mm-hmm. We're still all just kind of like every man for himself and get a bit. Yeah. This is like you see this model, and it's like you see what the maintenance have been doing. You're like, that is cute. Yeah, a little bit weird. You see, like, the hereditary miniature house. You're like, okay, we should talk. This one is full on. He going to kill fuck, you. dude. He's going to kill you. This is his plan to kill you. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make their escape. The house is not letting them out. It's dude. closing windows. It's locking doors. Again, gooing the knob. <laughs> gooing that knob. Which, again, sounds way dirtier than it needs to, but we're going to keep you. it. Um, and that uh, the Rusty then goes up to try and rescue Lisa yeah. uh, and finds bloody handprints all over the room. She's room. got blood. His room. Um, there's some blood on her, but it's more like we don't know whose blood it's supposed to be. Yeah. Just there's blood. Everywhere. And she starts trying to seduce him. So we finally get our two yeah. callback. It's like finally part of the, the brother sister stuff from number two returns. Mm-hmm. Everybody that had been chopping at the bit for that. Yeah. Uh, but he is less receptive to it, thankfully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, it's a nice role reversal. Yeah. Where the sister was the aggressor in the situation. Mm-hmm. But she's got him <laughs> pinned to the ground and she is she's going to take him to task. Uh-huh. And so he managed to <laughs> escape by taking the, uh, the quarter-inch cable from his guitar yeah. and jamming it in her mouth and electrocuting her. Um, that's how that's how speakers work. Uh huh. Like I know that's you know that's killed many a musician is a, a live quarter inch cable. Um, but yes, yeah, sparks shoot out of her mouth and she drops. We have to assume dead. Yeah, that is the last we see of her there. Mm-hmm. Like in that sequence. Yeah. So he makes an escape, gets downstairs, where uh, he and Andrea are now fighting against Jacob. Jacob. It's like full-on, like, Jack Torrancing this whole place yeah. with his T-square. Mm-hmm. T-square uh, and his oversized uh, compass. drafting compass. Yeah. He pins uh, Andrea to the wall yeah. with both points of the compass uh, jamming in behind the, yeah, around her neck. Mm-hmm. Um, we start to see light creeping out from the walls, so we now know that the house has gotten extra. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a white, bright white light with a little bit of mist and fog. Mm-hmm. Um, we start taking apart the walls. And, and it's all gears and mm-hmm. clockworks. And this is the point at which the steampunk crowd, their eyes are rolling back in their heads. Yep. This is the original house with the clock in the walls, except that that book, I think, came out well before that. So. Yeah, probably. But this is the clock with the house in its walls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, the house and the, also there's goo all over the clockworks in oh, the walls yes. yeah. because you can't do anything yeah. without the goo. And like there's a, a bunch of fun gags. Like the uh, Rusty goes to try to uh, get Jacob off of Andrea, and the clock starts moving backwards, and it takes us like a couple cuts to realize that the clock has de-aged Rusty down to a toddler. Yeah, with, with a, a mullet. mullet. <laughs> so um, when t- Rusty's just a toddler. With a mullet, uh, Andrea yells at the clock. You, you let, yeah, you will let him go. Yeah. And so she's the, making a deal with the house now. I, I don't even know if it was a deal so much. It was just she tells the house this, and the house is like, oh, yeah, all right. I, I guess. And it lets the kid out, and then closes the door. So I guess it's not all evil. Yeah, that one's kind of weird. Yeah, and then. Um, she makes plans to blow up the house. Yeah. She has turned on the gas for the fireplace underneath the mantle because mm-hmm. the clock has drilled itself in. It's yeah, you trapped. Can, you cannot remove the clock from the house anymore. Yeah. And she finally manages just barely to strike a lighter. Oh, this is, But in the process of trying to strike the lighter, oh, right, yes. the house ages her up to an old lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a nice, like, it would have been nice if these gags had come a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, aging, like, playing around with people's ages and stuff. Yeah. Like, really fucking around with it. Yeah. But it's last minute. And she is, like, old, old. Like, old, the old. actress didn't seem like she knew what kind of a movie she was being put into. She was like, oh, you just want me to stand here, turn around and look at the yeah. clock? Okay, okay. Like, it might have been somebody's grandmother yeah. on a set visit. Yeah. Still, um, yeah, <laughs> but manages to uh, strike the lighter. Yeah, and then we see a big superimposed explosion. big explosion with the clock flying out, kind of like if there was a Memorial Day sale for that clock. Yeah, and this was a local commercial. Yeah, this is what you would see. Then it gets pulled. Then it, then the clock is flying through a vortex, and then all of a sudden, we are back at the beginning of the movie. Like, she's, yeah, um, Andrea's there, um, the car pulls up, he shows up at the house, she is still holding the T-square that she was just using to defend herself, and he says, what's the T, you know, what's that for? And she says, as she did at the beginning of the movie, for protection. For protection. Yeah, she is in the same outfit she was in at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. movie. And the dialogue is looping the same, so she is now having the Groundhog Day, like, I remember this, was this all just a vision, did I actually stopped a clock yeah. so this time stop the clock ah. so but yeah so this time she just looks at it pick grabs it from the <laughs> from Jacob throws it to the ground smashes the fuck out of it just yeah. destroys it and then just starts storming out done with his family she has gotten closure she's not dealing with Jacob anymore and he even says what was that all about and she like looks right at the camera it's about time that's what at which point I cheered because that was because you know what like strip away all the supernatural stuff she's getting away from a toxic dude Mm -hmm. and it's about time that she does exactly that would have been it's such a perfect line to go out on if this had been a good movie 
If yeah. this had been a good movie, they could have built to this instead mm-hmm. of it just being a throwaway joke line. Yeah, but even still, like it was a nice rah-rah moment to go yeah. out on. So to kill that, um, as she storms out and I think takes the cab, uh, no, but she storms she out. She storms out and. Um, the son looks at Rusty, looks out the front door, and sees Miss Iris on the street where she was at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. looking up, and he just says under his breath, but she hears him and nods, yeah. he says, pure evil. And she nods, and then we just look at the house, and then we get credits. Yeah. So how did he remember any of this? How did she remember any of this? How did they have any of these conversations? We might find out next time. Maybe. Because the next two movies, again, are from Republic Pictures, so I have to assume they just keep continuity rolling. Obviously. Obviously. There's there's a clear fan base that they would be trying to please. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I thought the resale value for this uh, Amityville house was pretty good. Uh, it was much better than I remembered it being um, when I first saw it back in 92. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say this was a fun one to watch. It's not high art, um, no. but it's definitely more entertaining than some of the other entries. Um, some fun gags. And again, I legitimately think that a lot of the performances were yeah. full-on committed. They, they were in it. They, they weren't yeah. like... Yeah, they weren't cutting themselves off because it's a cheapie, or they weren't. Um, and Sean Weatherly, like, it's if she it if this really had been good. something else, I could have. It's a shame she, her career didn't go stronger than it did. Yeah, no, there's definitely potential there. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, nobody was phoning it in. Everybody was trying uh, to the best of their abilities. Uh, Sean Weatherly, Gabriel Mock to Jonathan Penner, knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids were fine. Yeah. Like, uh, we've liked, Megan Ward we've seen be better in other things, but she didn't really definitely. have much to work she with. Was, yeah. She was given the, okay, you're the sweet girl, you're going to be slutty later. Her, but yeah. that's kind of all we got for you. Um, I mean, she still delivers her lines fine, and there's a chemistry yeah. amongst the family. Yeah. That's a that they is a do, huge thing. The they, whole they do the whole feel cast like a has a good chemistry. Yeah, and like they they do like it would be easy to make the uh, relationship between uh, Andrea as the father's ex girlfriend and the relationship between her and the kids much more acrimonious. But mm, they actually really got along with her, and yeah. I I think even sort of well they did say you should get back together with him but I feel like yeah. they also understood the fights that they had yeah like the sister sees her more as like a, uh, a family friend now and mm-hmm. like the son being a punk just doesn't give a shit about anything but, yeah, but there's also- a realism to it and she get, at different points gives them motherly like Advice yeah, or commands or like, or, yeah, yeah, but like she definitely like has taken on that role with them in their lives at some point because it's not completely foreign to them, and they don't outwardly reject and say like you're not my mom. Yeah, like they have dealt with her as a mom figure, so they're not yeah. rejecting her in that way. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that dynamic work that well. The special, the special effects were really good. Um, uh, the practical effects were good. Uh, the, the matting was. 
Well, yeah, the well. the practical effects, the like, just the make. It was K and B, so the makeup. Even in 1992, you can see they're really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything looks realistic and gross, and then silly when it needs to look silly. Mm-hmm. And they apparently have a near endless supply of black goo. Yeah, but yeah, and. Um, with the way it ended uh, and the discussion we'd had at the beginning uh, two things that have can be described as horror one more borderline so one more definitely so the two similar time resets itself jump back and forth tricks uh, that we thought of was Twin Peaks The Return sure um, it closes on a similar like can we go back and reset the horror button yeah. and uh, Adam Weingard's Blair Witch Entry I haven't seen that. Ah, gotcha. It does a lot of timey-wimey stuff, a lot of, like, you know, a day has passed for you, a year has passed for you, Uh, we don't know when or where or what we are at this point. Like, it does similar timey-wimey things. Gotcha. Um, So... But still, a yeah. rarity in horror. I, I was reminded of the uh, the Russian horror film Day Watch, which has like a big reset towards the end of it, mm-hmm. uh, much in a similar way. And that's a uh, pretty Night Watch and Day Watch are really fun weirdo horror superhero movies mm-hmm. that uh, were made by uh, Timur Bekbembetov yeah. of uh, Wanted and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter fame. Yeah. <laughs> but you should check those out. But yeah. Oh. yeah, so what is next? Um, oh, actually, I thought of one other, um, but it's a little Stop trying to, to one-up me, Patrick. No, it's Stop just, trying to one-up. I had the last one. I think you would like this one, too. Uh, it was called The I Hive. let you talk about the Blair Witch Project sequel. Fine. <laughs> Um, no, there's one called The Hive. It was the first horror movie produced by The Nerdist. And there's multiple movies called The Hive. Yeah. This one is the one produced this is by the them. Good one. So, yeah, like you can do. It. I don't know how else to tell you to find it because I don't know what it's streaming on anymore. It's hopped different services. I All think right. it's on Shutter now. It seems like that's kind of been the home for a lot of this stuff. Fair enough. But it is another one that plays with like flashbacks. It's, it's kind of memento, but more sci fi. But more, um, I don't want to give too much away. But it is a very. Oh, I'm fun... so glad you brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I love you. I was trying to stall to find a list of which one was next, and I failed. Um, coming up next, a new generation. So does this mean it's going to have like Patrick Stewart? And I'm hoping Jonathan so. Frakes. Uh, that would be much better than having like the new monkeys move into the house. Um, <laughs> that one, that one didn't go as well. <laughs> and yeah, Dollhouse is after that. And I'm looking at the poster for Dollhouse, and they are really trying to push the Amityville house to look like Jason's mask from the poster for five. So it wouldn't have been Jason, it would have been Roy, but... No, like, they're trying... Yeah. Anyway, uh, next week we have Amityville, A New Generation, which means I am guessing that the house has regenerated itself. And is Um, now a Pepsi house instead of a Coca-Cola house. That works for me. (laughs) Uh, My God. Do you think that the Amityville house is a Time Lord? After this movie, I don't know. I mean, the powers of the Amityville house and its, you know, items is nigh near limitless. Yeah. 
and also has no real goal other than just messing with people. Like, it's never trying to do anything other than, are there people in the house? Okay, I want these people in the house to kill the other people in the house. But, like, it's, they would be the companions. It's taking them on this horrific journey. Like, they're, I'm not... Look, the doctor is nicer about killing the people that he travels with. Mm-hmm. Like he gives the nice adventures. Killed. Oh no no no! I'm just talking about the every every companion has a terrible fate, and but he, they have nice fun adventures first at least. Right. He gives them something to go out on. Exactly, and then they have you know if they're lucky a horrible death. If they're unlucky, they're done. <clears throat> yeah, I said it. Yeah. Donna got screwed. Donna got screwed worse than any other companion ever. And she was the best. This is considering that Rory was, you know, stuck for centuries as a centurion. Yes. Oh, yeah, I get that now. She didn't get nuts. Or he didn't go... he, He still ends up with Amy. Yeah. Justice hey. for Donna, God damn it. <laughs> All right. All right, so next week, um, <laughs> Doctor, I mean, Amityville Horror. Amityville Horror. <laughs> Amityville Horror. Okay, that's actually a different thing. I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> All right. Well, hopefully you'll keep tuning in. Yep. See you next week. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. 